0: What's up, everybody, and welcome to the High jitsu Podcast. We've got Mr. Maddie here. How you going, Maddie?
1: Good, mate. Yourself? I'm good, thank you. We're back at it. How you feeling, Maddie? You're a little bit uh, sickly. Yeah, oh, I'm better now. I had, uh, had some time off with a cold, as, as, you, <clears throat> as it happens. I know. Oh, my God. I, um, I got tested. You know what? The test was actually pretty, like, I, I'd heard bad things about getting Corona tested. I've heard them, too. It's actually fine. Right. It, they, they just get like a, like a cotton swab, you know, the ones you clean your ears out. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's got some like chemical on it. I don't know what it is. They just put it through both sides of the back of your throat. So the worst part about it was triggering the gag reflex. Okay. And then they do the same do thing. Do they keep it
0: in there whilst you're gagging and you still got it like, stuck uh, no, deep down? No, they not How deep do they go?
1: I don't know. Enough to cause a gag reflex deep i don't know how deep that is (laughs) but then they then they go up the nose and you know what blew my mind i didn't know like like, i'm gonna go out and say something really weird we've all picked our nose before right yeah like i didn't know i've never picked my nose i didn't know my my nasal cavity went so far up
0: well it goes to like pretty much to your mouth
1: yeah my mouth is here and (laughs) so people can't see where i'm pointing on the podcast obviously but this thing felt like it was up near my eye like wow. it felt all the way but it doesn't hurt. It's just a very unique sensation because I've never had something put that far up my nose. Yeah, right. But anyway, long story short, corona free. It's corona free. Just had a had a, a bit of a man flu, a bit of a man cold. Yeah, right. Um uh, and here I am.
0: Yeah, awesome. Good to hear Maddie. Um, took so some time off. Yeah, so well there you go. Well that kind of leads nicely into our podcast for today. Um, And it's a very interesting topic, and it's a topic that I feel like will be very relevant to a lot of people. And that is, you're sidelined, now what? I think injuries, whether it's injuries, even sickness, even some other thing that keeps you off the mats, you know, um, against your will, um, these things are kind of, they happen. And ideally, you'd be practicing jiu-jitsu all the time, consistently, forever. But it's not quite the case like that because um, things happen. Mm. Shit happens, as they say, right? Yep. Um, And so with that being said, there's a lot of things that you can do. There's a lot of things that we can kind of consider whilst we're sidelined, you know, to see how we can make things better for ourselves, especially with an injury today. Mm. Um, Ever had a – what's? how long have you – what's been the – most amount of time you've been off the mat due to injury
1: um, I mean I don't think I, re- I do my best to not let an injury keep me off the mats in in the sense that even when I've have been injured I've found ways to work around it mm-hmm. because I'm a mat rat and I can't keep myself away uh,
0: uh, Matt the mat rat uh,
1: yeah basically Matt the mat rat um, my when I had surgery on my uh, my, when I had the thing cut out of my, my ribs.
2: A lymph wasn't it? Yeah it was
1: a lipo, lipoma. Lymphoma something like Lip, no lymphoma. I think that's like your your ca- cancer. Yeah, this right. is like a, basically a fat deposit. Yeah right. That just kinda grows out of control. Okay. Um so I had this like weird lump on my on my side for, for many years, like seven or eight years and I finally got it cut out. Um but I was out for like the doctor told me two months no mm-hmm. jiu jitsu and after one month, I was like, no, nah, I'm coming back. And I just watched. And I remember I was filming for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was filming class. And then I started just getting on and doing warm-ups only. Mm-hmm. And then just helping helping out around class, you know, like helping the, the newbies and just guiding them through it.
0: Yeah, awesome. Th-
1: then I started drilling. And then I started doing some positional training where I knew it was the, the positions I could handle. Yeah. Um, and even then at a very low pace. And I just progressively built back into it.
0: So you didn't jump in like from zero to 100 straight away? No way. Hmm. Sounds like an intelligent way of doing things.
1: Well, I'm lucky to be around intelligent people.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, sorry, shouldn't have done that. It's all right. Might not go too well on the microphone. (laughs) (laughs) You live and breathe jujitsu. You wake up doing technical stand ups out of bed. Do you do that, matey?
1: I know I was not a technical stand up, but it's like the I use teeter totter, the, the teeter totter out of bed.
0: Yeah, I think that's what I should have written in this blog post. Um, yeah, the teeter totter out of bed, no, or absurd. even just the counterbalance. So, so you can hook your foot next, like on the side of the mattress, and you use the counterbalance of your foot pushing into the mattress to lift your head up. That's yeah, a,
1: I still feel like there's more ab work required in that than a simple <coughs> teeter totter, one legged teeter totter. Well, the the thing is.
0: You snap out of bed and straight away your brain goes to jiu-jitsu, right?
1: Well, I wouldn't say jiu-jitsu, but yeah, what's well, my brain turns on. Teeter-totter out of bed. Yeah, teeter-totter out of bed. That's a
0: jiu-jitsu move. It is. Okay.
2: Well, it's a movement. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Look, co-workers say hi and your instinct is to respond with us. Do you ever do that, Maddie? Nah. I do that. I do that all the time,
1: <laughs> Usually I want to respond with a fist to the face. Whoa. <laughs> nah, that's not true. Possible. That's Whoa. a joke.
0: Um... Make sure your coworkers aren't listening to the no, I, podcast. I, I don't think they
1: would. Be. <laughs> it depends if I've had my coffee or not.
0: Okay. <laughs> um, I, I had a neighbor. Like I was busy. I was doing something. And then we just said a few words. And I said, uh, he goes, oh, see you later, man. Have a good day. I go, yeah, oohs, you too. I, went, <laughs> I just stopped. I was like, yeah, I say oos a bit too much.
1: That um, happens, man. You're on a gym. Everyone around you says it all the time, oohs. right? Us, us.
0: <laughs> your Chrome is filled with jitsu articles to read. And most waking moments of your life are dedicated to the gentle art. Um, that's high jiu-jitsu blog posts, like all through your, your Chrome feed, you know? Um, and Jiu-Jitsu Times articles, all of those things. Who yeah. said you're obsessed? That's just the word the lazy used to describe the dedicated, right, Matty?
1: That's a good, actually, I like that. I've never heard that before.
0: Really? Yeah, it's, it's nice. I, I think it was like an Adidas quote or something like that. It's in your blood, it's in your veins, and it's what makes your world go around. It is for me, to be honest. As in, when I don't have jiu-jitsu, it really, really hurts. I feel like my world just falls off the off the thread. Yeah, and it's just, Everything's kind of like chopping and changing. I feel, uh, feel off kilter. What's that mean? Like just off balance. Yeah, right. So, when you find yourself out injured with no chance of doing jiu-jitsu... That world can easily come crashing down. Physical ailments very quickly become mental anguish. Every part of yourself wants to don the gi and jump on the mats and train. You get antsy and no amount of YouTube videos would help you. You hate being on the sidelines and so does everybody else.
1: Man, even today when I was at, I came in at the end of class, as I said, I'm recovering from a cold. I think I'm pretty pretty much done with it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's completely healed and Good recovered. to know. Now that
0: we're sitting next to each other. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> but uh,
1: no, I mean, I'm completely done with it. Mm-hmm. But I, out of, I walked in the gym and I'm like, man, I want to roll. I want to get on there and have fun. And but just wait a few more days. Make sure I'm. There's there's no chance that I'm spreading that to
2: anyone.
0: Yeah, else. yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, but I
1: understand that. I just want to be on them. I want to put the gear on. I want to get back into it. Yeah um it's tough now I, I was i was threatening i was thinking about saying some really nasty things to make you try and fight me oh today uh, yeah yeah. you started <laughs> i was getting into it I and like, i was looking mm. at the
0: high jiu-jitsu hoodie and i was thinking how oh, i could potentially choke maddie with that yeah one. absolutely <laughs> <laughs> and there we go you're trying to get back and doing jiu-jitsu again stay away oh, maddie man. stay away yeah people injuries suck beyond your jiu-jitsu hysteria there is a life outside the dojo. Within this life, you need to do everyday things like work and drive and be with your family and shower. You don't appreciate the value of mobility and pain free movement until these liberties are threatened by an injury. Mm. Maddie, have you ever attempted to drive a manual car with a dislocated left shoulder? No. Did do you, you don't do you drive manual? I can. You can? I don't drive. Nice. Have you ever tried to push a clutch with a torqued knee? No. I have. I did it at soccer once. I couldn't. I couldn't drive home (laughs) (laughs) because I did something to my knee. Soccer man, like I I, I was playing. I was doing jiu jitsu for a few years, and then I went back to play a game of uh, to play a season of soccer, Mm. football, Um, and I was always that year. I was just always prone to injury, whether it was somebody else. There's usually some other people just coming in and like, you know, 50-50 tackles. And once I'm playing the game, I'm in it and I'm not like thinking twice about anything. So um, I'd always get myself injured that year. It wasn't good. And I remember um, I had a, my, a manual car and I, I just completely hurt my knee, my left knee. I couldn't feel it, it was hurting a lot. And I had to drive home with a manual and that sucked. It wasn't good. Mm-hmm. Um, it's frustrating, it's humiliating, it's difficult. Um, it makes you want to flash a wand and make everything better. Abracadabra, make my knee better.
1: Why oh, <laughs> wouldn't that be nice?
0: It would. But then you wake up and you only feel pain because the injury is still there. As in, once the milk has been spilt, it's spilt. And now you have to, like, well, recover, start doing the things that you have to do. Mm. What can we do, Maddie? What can we do? Here's one thing. Try not to get injured.
1: No, that's a big start.
0: That's a, that's a start. That's a start. You feel the pain more than ever when you're prevented from being on the mats. You hate having to sit out and watch when you could be learning and growing and having bundles of fun.
1: As, as I said, you know, even today, watching that last bit of class. It hurts, doesn't it? It does. You just want to be in there. Hmm. Um, you know, when, when I came back from that surgery, I really wanted to be in there. But... I still found a way to be around my people. May not may not have been getting to do the jujitsu myself, but I had the I got to live vicariously through watching everyone and still got to be part of the banter and yep, yep. you know with everyone, a bit of fun. Mm-hmm. There's ways to still keep that going. Yeah, for sure. But don't get injured.
0: Uh, hopefully. And of course some injuries can't be avoided, but a lot of injuries can be avoided, mm. to be honest.
1: Don't go skateboarding.
0: <laughs> yes, um, or don't roll like at a hundred percent. You know, and be willing to yield. Injuries can happen. You know, like um, maybe two beginners rolling really hard with each other is a recipe for disaster. You know, so we have to. We can see. We can look ahead and foresee potential injuries, and then try to um, stop those from happening. I'm yeah?
1: just thinking, like. I, I, we have a pretty damn good rate of injury-freeness at higher, I think. jinxing it? I'm not. Don't jinx it. Sorry,
2: everyone.
1: But, but I don't think even – like, I don't know
0: if those knocks on the on the wood would do too – I was going to do that too, but I was like, I think it goes more than that. I think it's a matter of how we use ourselves and how yeah. we shape our environment at higher jiu-jitsu, which Absolutely. determines – whether injuries happen or not, rather than like it's not know, luck. Trying it, not to it, jinx things. It's not. Know.
1: It's not some magical word or touching wood that's going to prevent people from getting injured. It's being wise with your actions, training smart, and we've talked about it a million times on the podcast. I'm sure. Um, training with longevity in mind
0: mm-hmm. necessary, like so critical. So, what does that look like for you? Training with longevity in mind, tapping all the time.
1: Mm-hmm. When you get caught, when you're in a position where things can go bad. What if, you know, you kind of,
0: you're close to getting caught, but you think there's a little bit of an escape?
1: It depends. Do you trust the person you're with? Fair enough. There's there's training partners, I'll tap early. Mm -hmm. You know, if if you go to an open mat and you don't know the person, don't let your ego hold on. Sometimes it's just, you don't, you'll get a feel. I mean, within a pretty short amount of time, you'll get a feel for the person and whether or not you want to trust them. Yeah. Um, But even then, always err on the side of caution.
0: I was speaking about it today with um, one of our students, and a lot of the times it's not even about um, trusting the person. It's about trusting the person's jiu-jitsu. Because let's say you have a beginner. We've got a few beginners that have started up, and a couple of them are super keen to train. They really want to learn. They really want to do it. And on the one hand, it's like um, the, the completely safe option is no, don't do it. And on the other hand, it's like, okay, he really, he wants to, he's learned, he's been learning for a couple of weeks, he wants to dip his toes in the water. It's like, okay, fine. It's just a matter of how you, what you do there as well mm. to keep yourself safe. And of course, we're talking always like elbows in, um, those little hooks that put your joints in odd positions that take you out of alignment. hmm Consider like a um, like a, a half spider position, you know, when your knees bent, um, <clears throat> or anytime when your yeah. knees bent, for example. And with a bent knee, there's situations, or even in a fully extended knee, there's situations, there's positions that, like directions that that leg can go, which it doesn't like. Yes. And the beginner's not thinking about those positions, so it's not like, mm. don't roll with the beginner. It might be sometimes roll with a beginner, but make sure that you're staying safe the whole time. Don't put the other be- the one beginner with another beginner mm. because th- the other person doesn't know what that entails and doesn't know alignment and doesn't know how to keep themselves safe because they're just learning as well. And we're all just learning, of course, but um, I think that the skill level. So as I was saying, I wouldn't mind putting complete novice with you, Maddie, because I think it helps you, to be honest, it helps you keep yourself sharp.
1: I think you have to, Uh, at a certain level, I think you need to start going with beginners again to feel unpredictability. Yes. Uh, In the sense that I know that when I roll with all the blue belts at higher, they know the right things to do. Mm -hmm. And so I kinda, you can't get complacent and expect everyone's gonna do the right things. I think that's when you run into
0: trouble when you start doing the thing that you're doing on everybody else you do on these beginners too and -hmm. then they move in a completely different way and it messes you up and is it their fault or is it your fault because you kind of you knew what to expect and that was to not expect anything like to to expect that unpredictability but with that being said you got to put yourself in the positions where you can allow them to make those crazy Mm -hmm. stupid Those crazy movements, you know, that don't help them; they hinder them. (laughs) But,
1: but you don't expect them. You don't expect them as well. So, here's one. Uh, When was the last time a colored belt put you in a headlock? It's been a while. Beginners love headlocks.
0: They see a head. (laughs) It's like the the head
1: is the is the that's the winner. Yep, I've got this guy by the head. Mm -hmm. Um, And headlocks suck. That's the reason why we practice that defense regularly Mm -hmm. because headlocks are are not fun. Yes. So here's the
0: other thing. Like step back after once you get injured, step back and consider your track record. Mm. Is it a one-off injury? Have you not been injured for a while and suddenly something just happened and was completely accidental? Or does this reflect the pattern for you? Are you regularly getting injured? Mm. Is it something that happens often? Accidents happen, sure. And there isn't much you can do about them after the event. But regular injuries don't like as in being injured regularly doesn't need to happen it's stupid
2: mm.
0: insane
1: as in einstein no someone quote yeah i know the quote.
0: do the same thing over and over Expect- um, well, okay insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result yes so if you're doing the same thing you're rolling the same way you're approaching your jiu-jitsu in exactly the same way and you're getting injured my man, you need to change something up.
1: Look, uh, what's the the what's the the common factor there?
0: You, yeah, <laughs> right. Like
1: I don't know. Hey, maybe it's not you. Maybe maybe you need to find a new gym. But you know, maybe you you've got a gym full of meatheads who just go to war uh, with no respect for you or the fact that you're a white belt with one stripe, and they're a brown belt who's three 300- hundred. Three hundred pounds. I don't know what's that. One hundred. What's that? I don't know. That's a lot. (laughs) That's like Brock Lesnar, like yeah, right before his weight cut. Yeah, no thanks. And he just like leg locks you and breaks your leg. I don't know. I don't know any gyms that'll do that, but I don't know. I wouldn't want to get manhandled by Brock Lesnar. Is my point.
0: Yeah. Okay. Point (laughs) taken. Me neither. Um, (laughs) But yes, like look around you, look within, and realize that it might be there might be a pattern emerging and it's not a good pattern. Getting injured frequently is not a good pattern. These joints that you have are yours for life. They're your joints, Maddie. You're going to have that elbow of yours forever.
1: Forever. You mean I can't replace it? No. No. Well,
0: no. no. Like it's you can replace the joint, but it's always going to be an artificial joint after that. Mm. And it's going to give you problems.
1: The way I like to think of it is like every injury, it may heal, but it will never be 100% again. I I, I think there comes a
0: time, maybe it's age, that starts to um, get people aware of this. Mm. When I was in my 20s and I'd be getting injured, I'd shrug it off like, all right, here's another injury. And injuries always happen and you hear um, fighters getting injured all the time and rugby league players and just sports people. And they come back. Athletes always get injured. Like injury is just a part of it right but then as I started getting older and I started getting some injuries myself it took a really big injury to be honest where mm. I was like hold on I've done I've done permanent damage now and I never once considered that these injuries could be permanent but as you get older I don't think injuries go away I feel like there's like a there's a list there's a, there's like a track record of injury mm. right and they don't it's so like this finger for example it's <laughs> a small injury but I'm always gonna have a demented finger yeah um, a lot of things You know sometimes you get a little tweak And they're not really ever the same These things like that Injure your back for example And you're going to have problems with your back for ages Like we just need to be very very cautious And careful Because we have to understand that things um, Can be permanent A eh? mm-hmm. But things will never be the same
1: I mean
2: Yeah it's-
0: Like I say I don't know this is interesting I see little Roscoe, my, my little son, and he's 12 weeks old and all of his joints are forming and the, everything's like, he's like a, he's in optimal shape right now, no injuries, you know, and knock on, I'm going to knock on wood there, you know, hope he, hope it happens always and it's probably unrealistic to expect that it happens always, but you know, in over the course of life, you just start to accumulate little niggles, little problems. And I think if you're smart and if you're thinking long-term, then you're really trying to minimize those problems. My dad would tell me this as a teenager. I was like, yeah, whatever, dad. Yep. Just whatever, shush. Because like, you're, you're invincible as a teenager. You're invincible. And I guess everyone has to go through that that um, stage of invincibility to, to realize. But you come out of it and you think, okay, I have I need to be careful.
1: I want, I, I want to use the way to I'd like to describe what you just said is – you can see this not everyone else can there's a little tiny scar you can kind of see on my finger there
0: yep i can see that all right
1: that's 12 that's 13 years old right so basically what happened is i accidentally almost cut my finger off um but anyway so i've got this cut on my my pinky finger yeah when i first had that scar it because it was right on the joint of the finger it would uh it'd reopen regularly so it took a few weeks to heal up yeah uh and then even then it was like it's taken many many years to get to a point where you can barely see it Mm -hmm. now you do think of that as your joints it's going to take many many years before that fully recovers but it's in a weakened state up until that many many years and and even 13 years later i've still got a visible scar on my pinky finger Yep, not a great example it's a scar but you tear your acls look at dominic cruz That that guy's blown his knee out like four times. Once it happened once, it was just – he didn't change his patterns. He went back to being a UFC fighter, and that's four I think he's had.
2: Look,
0: man, I guess, you know, it's not – you suffer an injury. It's not like, okay, retire straight away, dumb Cruz, because you suffered a knee injury. But why did that knee injury happen second time, third time?
1: How many has it been, four times, I'm pretty sure it's been four times he's had a knee
0: But then you look at how he moves and how he – He's got nice great movement. I don't know. I always see him just staying really heavy on the legs. Mm. And um, I don't see him pivot he, he he's not he doesn't move conventionally the way other conventional boxers would or Muay Thai fighters would. He's got his own style, the Dom Cruz style, yeah. which you can see when he fights, you can see it. But it just seems like he plants his feet on the ground and tries to and he moves his upper body and I feel like it's that planting on the ground that has led him to four ACL mm. tears um, and of course Tom Cruise can whoop my ass you know and he's much like he, he does mm. he's, a, he's a great fighter mm. one of the best bantam weights
1: yeah of all time
0: yep with that style mm. um, but it's all it's getting him injured too
1: I, do you reckon who do you reckon will winning at 60 years old when he can't walk anymore um, I don't know probably me maybe you'd hope I so sure. I mean <laughs> if he can't walk if he can't walk it should be a pretty easy you know if he completely can't use his knee he's had to have it replaced you know at that point in time he's going to have done some serious damage to his knee yeah and we're talking a guy who's only a couple of years older than us right he's like 35 now maybe mm-hmm. yeah and I mean look
0: um, Dan Gable at least Steve Maxwell would say this all the time you know you asked Dan Dan Gable's had double, double hip replacement Mm. He goes ask Dan Gable if he'd if um, take back all the wrestling that he did in his in his prime. And he say, "Hell no, I wouldn't. There's no way he, um, Dan Gable would give that up." And it's true. Like Dan, it's what made Dan Gable Dan Gable. You know, mm. just the fact that he brought himself, he brought every aspect of his life um, and of himself to the wrestling mats, and he did uh, mm. permanent damage, like a lot of damage. I wonder how he's going now. You know. It, Hip replacements, because the thing about replacements, Maddie, when you completely ruin your joint and you replace it, it's not a, it's not a permanently replaced. You have to keep replacing that thing over and over. again. Yeah, well, so it only lasts
1: like ten years, right? Ten
0: years, an artificial joint. So, yep. imagine what happens with an arti- with a replacement. They saw off your bone, your 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 original uh, existing joint. They saw it off, and then they get the bone. They drill into the bone to attach plastic. the artificial on the yeah, inside, yeah, yeah. whether it's plastic or you know titanium I mean, or something like is. that. So that lasts for 10 years. Mm -hmm. A lot of the times people go back to doing what they were doing beforehand too, which just sounds like hard to grasp. But then 10 years later down the track, what do they do? They have to pull that one out and drill more into your bone. Like it just makes it, it just feels like things are getting worse and worse and worse. And then, okay, fine. Don't have a hip, don't have a fully functioning hip. What happens if you don't have a hip? You're in a wheelchair, for God's sake, your and you're getting constant is... constant pain. Yep. And that quality of life just goes down the drain too. And then how are you gonna come back to jiu-jitsu without a hip? You're not doing jiu-jitsu, to be honest, I think. No. Uh, okay, if somebody came into my class and said, hey, I've got a hip replacement, um, well, I'd be like, mate. Sorry. Yeah, you're right. I had, I had a friend um, who's who's got very arthritic hips. And if you see how he walks, throughout his life you can tell why he's just had his weird gait he's really really stiff um and he's completely um ruined his hip joint oh
1: uh, yeah okay
0: and he started coming to jiu-jitsu and it was like man this really hurts and i was like tomo i'm like i don't know if jiu-jitsu is a thing for you to be honest because um i think it's much better that he has better quality of life yep. with um better hips Rather than completely ruining his hips and having to go for these replacements at the age of 30 and then come back to it, um, come back to life. Yep. Yeah. So. Sorry, man. um, Change is hard, though, Maddie, right? Mm. So, most jujitsu injuries are the result of boisterous enthusiasm coupled with a lack of knowledge, right? Yeah. It's the beginner, they just want to go for it, they're going hard at it but they don't really have the technique to back that up. Mm. A lot of the times, that's what happens. You're, when you're not mindful of your movements, for example, you know, like we always talk about the wrist lock that happens. So if someone's trying to pass your guard and you extended your arms, it's a very um, instinctive thing to do. Straight arms, yep. hands in their hips, right? When and they're trying to pass. Fold. The moment the person folds, there goes your wrist. It's snapped,
1: big, big plap,
0: um, And that can happen very, very easily Um, And that Mm. is because a you put your wrist in that position where it can't be reversed and B your partner didn't even pay attention to that wrist and what could happen and went off and switched on it in the anyway. So that's two parts versus imagine if they were going a little bit slower and you can feel your wrist there and I slowly switch my hips and I go, Oh, Hey mate, there's a wrist lock. Oh, stop, stop. Before the wrist snaps.
1: Hey, stop right there. While they've still got control of their body so they don't just drop their weight. Yes. Because once they've dropped their weight, there's no recovering it. Yes.
0: Um, Your partners don't look after you enough. Your gym doesn't know what sustainable training means, perhaps. There's a litany of reasons to explain you being hurt. None of them help you.
1: No, you're already hurt.
0: You're already hurt.
1: Sorry doesn't count for anything. I'm sorry, my man. I'm Uh sorry. Oh, I
0: just. I just. uh, Tore your shoulder. I'm so sorry. We've said this one before. I'm sorry, man. Mm. Is that gonna make your shoulder better? Where's that abracadabra wand? Abracadabra. Slap.
2: That's
1: all right. Bro. Sorry,
0: sorry. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, sorry. Yep. Nothing. It's still it's still a torn shoulder. Mm. Um, you're young enough to rebound now, perhaps. But what happens in ten years' time when you can't bounce back so fast? What happens when you do such monumental damage that it can't be repaired back to normal? Mm. These are things that. You don't really want to hear, you don't really want to consider, but you have to. And if you're intelligent, you'll think about it before it happens, not after it happens. I was stupid. <laughs> like, um, I had to have an injury first before I realized, mm. hold on, this sustainability thing actually means something. It's worth thinking about that so we can do jiu-jitsu longer, so we can do jiu-jitsu better, right? Mm. Um uh, how do we yield? What can we do? We can yield right? How to yield The art of yielding has been used by many wise martial artists as a way to train safely and sustainably for centuries. We need to learn it It's an imperative that we understand the philosophy of the yield and the practice. You want a dictionary meaning? What does yield mean to you Maddie?)
1: Uh yield I don't know what does yield mean I don't know kind of I like to think of it as when, you, when you're driving and you hit that give way sign mm-hmm. what does yield mean it means you don't have to go first let other cars go first That's what a good of, way to put it that's kind of what I think yielding is that's
0: awesome it's not quite a stop sign is it
1: no it's not a stop yeah it's alright you're going first okay I don't have to fight that I don't have to T-bone you for for going first. (laughs) No. You know, it's like, all right, I'll slow down, let you have your moment.
0: Well, the Webster Dictionary, there you go, defines yield as to give way to arguments, demands, or pressure. So when there's excess pressure, rather than fighting against that pressure, when an opponent demands one thing, fight them for it. When someone's arguing, don't retaliate you know, and fire right back. Instead, yield, give way. But it doesn't mean you're losing. There mm. are times in the mats where you ought to defend someone's moves or counter them. In those moments when your leg is stuck in an odd position or your shoulder has been yanked in one direction or the submission's locked in and there's a very slight chance you can escape, yield to your opponent and to the jiu-jitsu. Mm. Uh, give up a position if you have to. That's yielding
1: letting someone pass Mm,
0: that's yielding get swept maybe it's not
1: the end of the world
0: sometimes it happens and your leg's stuck you know takedowns man takedowns are a huge thing because sometimes legs get stuck into Mm. the ground and people are trying to pull you in a completely the opposite way and all it takes is a little bit of resistance Mm. from you trying not to get taken down to cop an injury there and I've seen it so many times Um, if by yielding what does that mean it looks it's like okay I can potentially defend this takedown and maybe if it was the ADCC mm. Worlds, you know, or the World Championships or a big, big tournament and you're getting paid $50,000. If you're in a UFC fight, I'd yeah. probably fight that takedown, yeah. you know, if it's not completely there. If there's a chance of escaping, you're going to look for that escape for but, sure. But guess what?
1: What? I spend most of my time in the gym training and learning. Okay, yes. You know what? You know one thing we were talking about earlier today. What's that? Cauliflower ears. Yeah. Yield to cauliflower ears.
0: No, yield to what? So yield to somebody squeezing your head. Don't fight that, Yeah. right? To prevent cauliflower ears. My
1: example would be sometimes to protect my ears, Mm -hmm. I will go deeper into a triangle.
0: Or put yourself back in it maybe.
1: Yeah, because if I feel that their legs are really wrapped around my ears – I, and I, it's like, I can sit here and work my way out where my ears are gonna get torn to shreds, yeah. Or put myself back in it, or whatever it has to be. Or
0: frame better with your elbow, for example, or use the other hand to frame against but their does, leg. You oh, know, something. Do like yield in that way. I'm, I'm at that point that in time.
1: I'm going to prioritize the health of my ears over the immediate like this is in the gym this yeah. isn't in a street fight or whatever yes but in the gym I'm going to prioritise my ears on the street if this is a real example as I said if we're in the UFC it's a real fight yeah, I, I don't care about my ears I care about living yes but in the gym I care about the whole picture
0: totally man like totally actually I copped a bloody cauliflower ear um, on my right this right one is cauliflowered because sava had me in a triangle there you go and i I pulled my head out it was like a bit 50 50.
1: you were kind of stuck but you could feel you could get your head back right yes
0: so i pulled it back and like he didn't release any pressure on his knees which he didn't have any obligation to no absolutely um and then what do you know the moment i got my head out of that that my ear just started blowing up (laughs) And then I had like a balloon on my yeah, on my head for a long time, and I had to do the whole Pedro Sauer tour with a balloon on my on the side of my ear.
1: Every time professors hear something happens oh, to your ears, my ears, bro. man,
0: I know. The other one, oh. I was professor. We we're in the Brazil camp. That's it. And um, very first freaking training training session, I copped a cauliflower ear, and then a cauliflower ear. To be honest, I think it affects my hearing on my left side. Mm. Because if you remember, like the inside Man, of my the inside of my ear was cauliflowered, and it was blowing up to the point where the hole—yeah,
1: dude—it it was sealed. It was sealed shut. I couldn't <laughs> hear anything. I have a really bad analogy. It looks like a bum crack. It was just kind of, like, <laughs> you know, like thanks.
0: <laughs> That's what an ear hole should look like, right? A bum crack.
1: Well, I don't know. Not what quite. <laughs> yeah, it should look like a very open hole, right? A bum hole, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to know what your ears look like. <laughs>
0: no, listen, listen, look. Um, yes, it's just. Um, there you go look that cauliflower ear could have meant permanent um, ear damage
1: yeah it could have been permanent hearing
0: that's for hearing hearing <laughs> no, you would have thought jiu would like impair your hearing yeah
1: but it's, it's possible right
0: remember Randy Couture can hear have you seen his ears nah oh, they're pretty they're, they're sealed butchered, shut.
1: They're, butchered bro. they're
0: sealed shut I reckon he needs a
1: you know it would be a good excuse though like even you could just tell you. I'm not saying you're going to do it to Ange, but you could tell your wife. oh sorry, I couldn't so hear. I can't you. hear. Sorry. You were talking to my colleague.
0: <laughs> That'll work once, I reckon. Before us, like getting things thrown at me. Yep. <laughs> um, uh, look, so- people. It, it will. Hu- initially, it hurts to concede earlier than you need to. It does hurt. I'm talking emotionally. It hurts a little bit, mm. potentially. But this practice will help you minimize injuries and will leave you more capable of jujitsu for a lifetime. Maddie, I was talking about um, in class before too. I was talking about, hey, I've heard a story, one story about a particular black belt that refuses to do privates with his white belt students, and the reason for that apparently is that he always gets injured with white belts, and if I stop doing all privates with white belts, then. Probably like 80% of my privates will be gone. Mm. Um, and if, I mean, if it was a proper problem, then I'd take it. But I can also work with white belts and keep myself safe because I'm not putting myself in positions that can harm others. As we said, I don't trust these white belts' jujitsu, and that's why we're there to improve on their jujitsu. Um, yeah. So, whilst that is happening, I'm not going to put myself um, in danger, you know? So I'm going to be very careful with my joints. I'm going to be very careful with um, positioning. Mm. Um, I'm going to be very very careful with their explosive explosions, explosiveness, yeah. you know, their power. Because you know that white belt power? It's like, you know, we've got some very strong boys oh, in the squad. Wow. It's like a big volcano that erupts. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to be at the top of that, you know, when that happens. So... Um, that's self-defense though you know like making sure that you're staying safe even if it means yielding so in a sports setting I might lose potential for points you know I might lose the position and they might gain points by passing me but we're not practicing we're not playing for points right here we're yeah. looking to improve on our understanding of jiu-jitsu which means that yielding sometimes here and there actually helps you in the long run and doesn't make it worse doesn't hinder progress
1: absolutely one of the, the the great yielding examples i have uh when i injured my knee it wasn't a, i don't know i think it was a very minor tear in in one of the ligaments mm-hmm. i can't remember it was quite a few years back it was when i got my purple belt it was around that time and i kept training but i didn't use that leg uh-huh. so i generally i'd start on my back or whatever it was And I wouldn't post on that leg, I just avoided using it. So anytime someone went near that leg, whether it was passing to that direction, I would yield, let them have it. Mm -hmm. But then what that did is it also gave me a window and an option to start looking at other ways of defending than just using my leg in very rigid ways, which is obviously what caused it to get injured in the first place. So I took that piece out of the equation and sometimes I got swept and, you know, whatever. That's a shame, but it allowed my leg to heal up without putting any pressure on it, without putting stress on it.
0: Yeah, and you were on the
1: mats. And I was on the mats, and slowly over time I was able to start feeling how strong my knee felt.
0: That's that's like maturity in a way, mm. man, you know, because you weren't fighting it, stuff it it's okay. And you see that happening a lot. People are like there's this toughness mentality, right? It's alright, I'm tough, I can deal with it. And I like there's an element of that, yes. And there's definitely that like, oh was my stomach yeah I could hear that <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, everyone yeah. else heard that too that's yeah, alright um, there's there's definitely an element of that but you just gotta be careful where you pull that toughness be very very careful because it can get you into trouble very quickly
1: What I um, remember what was the old uh, quote leave your ego at, at the door yep there's a lot to that I think that you, you could almost do a whole podcast in leave your ego at the door because different yeah. people have different meanings of that sure um but don't be tough, tough at what cost?
0: Here's a, don't be persistent. You know, is what Master mm. Sauer says, don't persist. Don't
1: persist with things there, that aren't working.
0: There. If it's not there, just go to the next thing.
1: Don't, what is it, don't put a square peg in a round hole?
0: That's perfect, what a good way to, to, to say it. That's so, awesome. Prehab versus rehab. So you train hard, and then you get injured, and then you look to rehabilitate the injury so you can come back and do the thing that got you injured. (laughs) It's a very common loop to find yourself in. So it's a very common loop you find yourself in, right? Yep. Um, And it's what gets you injured in the first place. Here's a different way. Prehabilitation. When you do prehabilitation, you diligently do the exercises that look to prevent injuries, and not merely fix the injuries. Getting that like fixing things means that they're breaking. Mm. So you have to fix them. Yeah. Don't break them, and then you don't have to fix them. It's the, it's an active way of to avoid being hurt in jiu-jitsu. Mm. Forms of prehab include activities that promote healing and recovery. It includes a solid complete warm-up before you train. I got to get better at that. Um, stretching and moving in the morning. It includes joint mobility throughout the day and as a way to, provoke, to promote movement throughout your body.
1: Well, look, I'm, I, I don't think we need to get better at that. I think one of the big things about our warm-ups at Hire yeah. is the fact that uh, our, <clears throat> our warm-ups are on the money. Mm-hmm. We're doing the movements that are relevant to that class. Yeah. So we're always learning on our own how to be coordinated yeah and I think especially for beginners that is super important because guess what what most of us are nowhere near as coordinated as we like to believe we are just like especially with jiu-jitsu movements foreign movements oh my lord it's like the most I would never expect someone who's only ever played soccer to be able to go in and do a gymnast compete with an Olympic gymnast yeah true because that's some foreign stuff that requires a lot of control and understanding and technique understanding really, Yeah, and, technique. Yep. and that's jujitsu so our, our warm-ups in, a, in and of itself is a prehab it's warming up your body for specific movements mm-hmm. and guiding you without any stress yes that's like I wouldn't get a you wouldn't go and load up a bar for a deadlift to with, with 80 kilos and for someone's first ever deadlift. Mm-hmm. You'd get a nice light weight, maybe even just the bar with five kilos and go, here, this is how you do the movement. Yeah, I know it's easy. Of course it's easy. But I want you to get it right before we add weight. Truth, yes. And that's, that's why I think our warm-ups are in a fantastic place. Mm-hmm. Um, as I said, most of us are nowhere near as coordinated as we like to believe we are.
0: We can work on that,
1: though. Do you, as, as an analogy, do you remember, I don't know how it was for you, but before you ever started training, you probably walked into the – you probably would have been like, yeah, I reckon I could beat up that guy. You really overestimate your own fighting abilities. Yeah. I think there's a massive amount of that with people's own coordination too. I think people really overestimate how coordinated they are. Well, And there are natural John John Jones phenoms who are just gifted, but
0: – Put it this way, so – have you ever been in class and you're like, you see the teacher doing it, and they talk to you about the move that they're trying to do, and they show you the steps, and then it's time for you to do the move. And you're like, oh, I thought I knew how to do it, but well, my body doesn't know how to do mm. it. I just, ugh, ugh, whoa, whoa, and you kind of just go all over the place again. And then slowly, slowly, you know, you're guided through it, like in real time, mm-hmm. and you finally get the knack of it, right? Yep. I guess similar idea. Um, you know, prehab can include massage on the weekend, some yoga hanging which which is really important steve steve maxwell was really huge on hanging for shoulder health Mm. really really important a Um, good hang is good um a float in the sensory deprivation tank you know Mm. there are many ways to look after yourself even when you're not injured um yoga for bjj has been really good for me um and i'm not i don't know yoga like i'm not overly consistent with it yeah and sometimes i'll do 10 minutes and i'll follow one for 10 minutes and then the next 10 minutes are kind of be a little bit of my practice as well mm. um but you know i'm not a yogi um and i kind of take it and use it the way i the way it works for me um so seb brush and yoga for bjj is a really good way of just staying
1: it's a, it's a great tool um
0: f- and flexible but just mobile yeah mobile um for jiu-jitsu um your muscles
1: for my hips his stuff
0: oh yeah for sure because that's the thing, Matty, life kind of means that we're getting tight. Mm. Life is stress. Stress is tension. Mm. Tension is held in our body unless we choose to Release it. dissipate it, you know? Yeah. And so we need all of, these, all of these activities. And to be honest, as hard as it sounds, something other than jiu-jitsu mm. is important. So you can't – I feel like even and with our warm-ups and all of that, hey? Couch time doesn't count. It really doesn't because it's not active. But even then, sometimes I feel like, you know, what well, I've been training all day, I've done my jiu-jitsu movements, now I just want to rest, you know? And But rest isn't really, I don't know, up to you, like whether it's like TV, but I don't think it's active recovery. It's rest, it's not active recovery.
1: Do you, do you remember Jack Rice from SPMA? Yeah. I remember he started jiu-jitsu the same time as me and his flexibility went through the roof. And I asked him what it was. And his answer was really nice. He's like, when I get home, I don't sit on the couch and watch TV or Netflix or whatever it is. It wasn't Netflix back then. Well, it wasn't. (laughs) Now I'm trying to be used to thinking about Fox TV. (laughs) Anyway, uh, he says, I go home, I sit on the floor, and I stretch while I watch TV. Yeah, right. So you can still be doing your potato time. I call it potato time because you want to be a couch potato. Yeah. But you can do that but not – like still chill and rest at the end of a day and make it active without any effort.
0: Yeah, man, that's really and cool. And it doesn't
1: take any effort to, to spread your legs and sit on the floor in a in a nice hip stretch as opposed to sitting on the couch.
0: Yeah, and in a perfect world, Maddie, you'd be concentrating on and focusing on what you're doing with your stretch. But, yeah, but
1: sometimes you don't want to.
0: Well, sometimes no, you know, so it's not a perfect world. Mm. So sometimes you want to watch, I've been watching um Kingdom on Netflix. I've heard that's really good. Well, I um, just watched the first episode and I really enjoyed it. Yep um nick jonas i think is is in there jonas brothers my wife was watching it saw it and she goes oh that's nick jonas like <laughs> <goes>, oh yeah <laughs> um but it was fun it was it's, it's it's entertaining and i'm actually excited when i go home i don't know hopefully if everything's all right i mm. could um put my yoga mat down on the ground and do some stretches and What's and I'm, i definitely i think it'd be better if i focused on my breathing you know whilst i did my stretches and i might do that a little bit too but you know it's not always a perfect world but I think it's important that we learn um, how to be flexible Mm. and flexible with everything too and Mm. you know just um,
1: hey look I think uh, uh, putting that time where you're in that stretch and watching TV uh, is better yes doing it and being mindful and breathing and focusing entirely on the stretch is the best yeah but it doesn't it doesn't have to be a, a black and white Yeah, of course why not have a middle path yeah agreed I like it. I like it,
0: because okay, what's the alternative though? It's like being an absolute couch, couch potato, the yeah. lying on the and oh, kind man, of got, slouching on the couch bro, and making it worse for I yourself. I've got an
1: electric recliner. I don't even have to recline. I press a button and it's just like <laughs> it's the sits ultimate back, it's potato so, time. It's so good. It's like <laughs> not good for my hips and anything. I can't imagine, but it's a uh,
0: rest, man. Rest is important, and I think I don't do enough rest. I think there's people that kind of under. Um, what's the word Um, under function people over function Mm. I think I'm a bit of an over functioner as in I do more of like activity stuff and less of rest stuff Mm. Um, and I think maybe like a little bit more couch time would be helpful who knows Mm. you know a little bit more rest time mentally physically emotionally all of that in any case be intelligent people Um, you were saying something at the start said a lot of things you did we'll you did. <laughs> leave it um, we, I know I guess we know you just want the injury to be gone so you can get back to normal life but sometimes you want what you can't have you did the damage and now you need to write it out I think the best thing you can do is learn from your mistakes whether you're injured or not mm-hmm. use your experiences to help you make better ones there are always ways to optimize your training if only you'd be happy to do things a little bit different mm. a little bit different not very different. Pivot. Don't jump. Right? Pivot from where you're going now. Don't take a big, big leap into yeah. another direction.
1: Always, always maintain one foot on the ground, right? Yeah.
0: And just make it... Yeah, good point. Beautiful. Um, so while our objective in jiu-jitsu is to hyperextend limbs and asphyxiate our prey, <laughs> we can do this in a way that is sensible and smart. That means we can train regularly and always keep the tra- trauma to a minimum. And enjoying learning greasy Brazilian jiu-jitsu for a lifetime. What that's, do you think, Maddie?
1: I think that's the, the ultimate goal. We talked about longevity, right? The goal is longevity. It's for a lifetime. That's yep. what longevity means to me anyway. Doesn't mean I'm gonna train jiu-jitsu till I get a black belt, I'm a master. Stuff you guys, I'm retiring. That's not longevity. If I wanted to do that, I'd be competing. And I'd be pushing my body and I'd be banking everyone. I'd be fighting for everything. Yeah. And then I'd get to my black belt tick box, next thing in life. Look, yeah. Um, hey,
0: Maddie, uh, what a good point. Because if you had an ang- like, if you had, if you could see the finish line in your jiu jitsu journey, rugby league players actually spoke to Benji Marshall. Mm. He was here at the PCYC. And I asked him, who was in the bathroom, and I said, hey, Benji, I'm like, how are your shoulders feeling? Because that guy's had. He dislocates his shoulders all the time. Yeah, okay. And he's like, man, my, my skin is burnt from all the ice, icing it. He's like, but I've got a few, a couple more years to play. You know, he's going to cash in on the last few years that, you know, the Tigers want him or yeah. whatever. And then he's done with, with NRL. And I don't think he's thinking beyond the NRL because it's not time yet. Yep. Because he's, he's a professional athlete and he has X amount of years, a, a limited amount of years to that ex- people will pay him to play rugby league. So – cash in on it man like do whatever you have to do now and then let things fall let the chips fall as they may yeah you know like afterwards but if you're not a professional athlete and if your goal is if you love jujitsu and you see how beneficial it is for your life and you want to keep doing it for the rest of your life that's when i think these ideas and these um Mm.
2: this lesson is really important for you absolutely and i
0: think maddie as much as people want to think that they, they do have an end game, that they want to win a world and then be done with jiu-jitsu, I don't think that's the case because take yourself off the mats for a little bit of time and realize what's most important to you. Is it the competitions and the medals or is it the, just the fun, fun practice of doing jiu-jitsu with your friends and enjoying yourself and learning and keeping yourself in shape?
1: Yeah, I'm just feeling good, having a good time. Man,
0: Yeah, it took me some time off the mats to realize what's most important and for me, what's most important is hanging out with all you guys and enjoying myself and, um, and living the jujitsu lifestyle, mm. which is what I love. So, on that note. Saying us to people maybe a little too much. Mm, I have to kind of change the <laughs> habit on that one, but good luck. <laughs> people don't even realize. Well, See, we don't, I, they, I, just, they just, what you just say. Yeah, <laughs> 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 on that note, everybody. Thank Cowabunga you. Sh- dude. <laughs> <laughs> I said it again. Um, <laughs> hey, people, thank you so much for, for listening and being a part of it all. Um I hope we here I hope we're adding value to your Jiu Jitsu journey. It's what we're here for. Um thanks for listening to the end. Um anything else, Maddie? Us. Us
2: <laughs> right there.